Hey folks, welcome to another episode of Post Loons live here on Soda Soccer. Uh, I'm Jacob Schneider. I'm your host tonight. I'm joined by my co-host and wonderful content creator, Dominic Jose Bassano. Dominic, how are you doing tonight? I'm doing very well. Uh, Would have liked for a slightly better result to talk about with you tonight, but, uh, but overall doing very well. I think there's a lot of positives for Minnesota United to take away tonight, especially uh, in the final third. Um, I think Mender, Bar- Mender Garcia might have had his best cameo slash showing uh, of the year. Um, a few moments of a lack of discipline in terms of offside moments or you know incorrect decisions, but uh, can't deny the effort tonight from the group, especially Gar- Garcia. I mean, the counter on the Loon's opening goal with Yosef uh, Rosales was, <laughs> I mean, Absolutely. stunning, stunning counter, blistering speed. Um, lots of positives to take away. Frustrating in terms of the fact that they couldn't buy a goal at the end. I mean, you hit the woodwork slash post four times during the game. You have two goals called back for offside. Uh, you have Brad Stuver playing the game of his life. Uh, and on top of that, you know, you're without dubbed starting striker Luis Amaria. So there's a lot of storylines tonight. There's a lot to talk about. Um, folks, we're here for post loons. We're here to talk for the next 45 minutes. I mean, there's a lot to talk about in that press conference. We've got Emmanuel Reynoso news. We've got the rumored uh, signing of Timo Puki. What's going on with Luis Amaria? What did Will Trapp say about their performance today? And, you know, how do they pre- prepare uh, for Toronto FC on Saturday? Uh, another home game. Home results have not been what the Loons have wanted. But they're ready to turn things around. And it was the first thing they spoke about in the locker room today following the result. They didn't care about today's game. They, they looked completely past it. Uh, the players immediately said, We've got Toronto on Sunday, on Saturday, excuse me, uh, and we've got to do something for our home fans because they deserve it. Uh, so big show. Uh, make sure to tune in uh, for the entirety here. Send us your questions uh, and uh, enjoy. And reminder, if you are watching on YouTube, you can send us a question. If you're watching on Facebook, send us a question. If you are watching on Twitter, unfortunately, StreamYard is not compatible uh, with live shows on Twitter to send us questions in. However, right beneath our names on the screen, screen, excuse me, are our lovely Twitter handles. Uh, at DJ Bisonio, at uh, underscore Jacob Schneider uh, on Twitter. Send us your questions on Twitter if that is where you're watching. We'll read them uh, on the screen, and you know we'll talk over the next 45 minutes about what we just had, what we just saw, uh, what's to come, and what are the storylines surrounding Minnesota United right now. Uh, so give us a like, give us a share, retweet, uh, and uh, you know sit back, enjoy, you know uh, have a beer, have a uh, rum and coke, whatever the hell you want tonight, and let's enjoy ourselves, folks. Uh, your final tonight, Austin FC two. Minnesota United won. Uh, Dom, what are your overall initial thoughts from the game and, you know, your biggest talking point head, uh, heading into uh, Saturday now? You know, I, I think the big thing, and to some degree I, I'm, I'm going off of what you were saying there, is that while this is a loss that does end a, a, a improved streak of league form for Minnesota United, uh, this feels like a very different loss than some of the losses this team suffered recently, whether that be the Open Cup loss to Houston, the SKC lost the 3-0, uh, this felt like a loss in a game where Minnesota United certainly could have done better, could have drawn or won this game. Uh, got unlucky in some moments, certainly put in the effort, uh, and 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 certainly unlucky to to not be given more. Uh, and and so my my big takeaway going into Toronto is there's ways to build momentum off this result. Uh, there's there's ways to use this result to positively inform the next game, whereas you might not feel that after losing. 4-0 to Houston, Houston Dynamo in the Open Cup. Yeah. So that, that's sort of my, my first takeaway. Do you believe in the concept of a good loss, Dom? Yeah, I, I think that 
I think there are teams that do or don't know how to make a loss a, a good thing. Um, but, you know, I, I think that, again, particularly because the way this game played out, I think there is the, the potential for this to be a good loss, to be yeah. a, a result that actually can fuel this team. I think that's the great, that's the best way to put it. Is it, is it, is it is fuel um, for Saturday because it was an overall pretty good performance. Um, I'll talk about Curve and Ariaga in a little bit, but uh, beyond Ariaga's cameo off the bench, I think everybody in the group, you know, had a relatively good game. And, you know, I want to give some flowers to Will Trapp, especially who's, you know, had some on and off performances in recent weeks, uh, but he's really coming to his own in this starting role alongside Hassani Dotson and, you know, uh, he's locked down the midfield and he's, you know, been relatively consistent with above average performances of late. And that's really important um, for a player whose form was up and down at the end of 2022. Uh, and he saw himself in and out of the starting lineup here in 2023. Uh, and it now appears that Hassani Dotson and Will Trapp is that midfield pairing that Heath has chosen to go forward with. Uh, and I think it's really, 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 it says, it says a lot about uh, him as a player, but also him as a person. Um, to see these consistent performances uh, keep popping up. Uh, but um, we got our first question on the show here, Dom, uh, or comment. Christopher Alfevby is always in the show here. We always appreciate him. Uh, but the data loons become clinical consistently. It's the day we're not around anymore. Some positives, but the same result in the end. Um, Chris, what I'll, what, what I'll say is the fact that they had two offside goals taken back. The first one, the angle shown on the Apple TV broadcast, made it appear that uh, Mender Garcia was level with the defender and not offside. We weren't given, you know, the, the lines on the screen. We, we, have, we weren't shown that. But the angle shown on the Apple TV broadcast was not definitive. And I think the commentary team made a great point in saying that why is the AR raising their flag when VAR is there for that specific moment? Let VAR do their exact job in using precise lines and imagery and, you know, electronic technology to figure out what happened there. There's no way that the AR can determine if a player is, you know, a few inches offside. VAR can. And if that was the correct decision, that's what VAR does. But when a, when a call that close is called on the field, odds are it's impossible to change it one way or the other. If you call it a goal, if you don't, simply because of the, you know, the mere inches it takes to make a decision like that. Uh, and then I'll add in, you know, on the second goal that was taken away towards the end of the match from Hassani uh, uh, Dotson, uh, Adrian Heath and Will Trapp both stated post game that they were not given reasons um, beyond offside for the goal being called back. Trapp discussed with the ref on the pitch. He was asking, you know, are you calling it back for a handball? Was there a foul on the ref? Just says offside. Uh, nothing more. They weren't given a second um, uh, look on the screen in the stadium either of the play. Uh, and then post game, they were not. They did not have enough time before the press conference to, you know, get another look at that goal that was taken back and. Um, what I'll say is the offside rules are very confusing <laughs> in soccer as a whole, not just major league soccer. Uh, and if the, def my understanding is if the defender makes a play on the ball before the attacker does, and the, even though the attacker is in an offside to sit offside position, the ball is live because the defender played it. But it sounds like they said that it, before the ball hit the post, Hassani was already making a play towards the ball, like a run. And by doing so, canceled out or negated the the shot. And I don't have the vernacular to understand that, Dom. <laughs> uh, 
I'm not my sure brain's, anybody does. <laughs> my brain's just kind of like, what is going on? Yeah. But uh, yeah, that's that's what we were told. Um, and I think that's, you know, that's where I'll, I'll leave it. Don, what did you see on those two goals? Yeah, well, with the Dotson goal, it, it's hard for me to take a stance because admittedly, I'm not sure I fully understand their reasoning. That being said, there's definitely a chance that that's on me and not on them. So, you know, that, that's a question mark for me. Uh, the, the first offside goal, the uh, Garcia offside, yeah, you know, to, to, to echo your point, the broadcast made the point that that's probably a call that either way, VAR isn't going to overturn. Uh, unless they have some really exact measurement that shows clearly the offside. If he doesn't flight it, the VAR probably doesn't call it off. Uh, and so that almost becomes a matter of luck then for which team the AR just kind of calls for. Uh, and so that's a rough one. It, it looks very close to me. Uh, yeah, as far as the clinicalness of the team goes uh, tonight, it's hard to say. I mean, it felt like they did a pretty good job of getting shots on the goal and just got quite unlucky either with the post or with the goalkeeper having a great game. Uh, I don't know if that was necessarily the problem tonight. Paul Forrester always in the chat here along with Christopher Alfebby. Uh, he's got a question now or a comment. Uh, unlucky, to not, uh, unlucky not to get at least a point. He says the attack looked good. The offside calls killed us again with uh, seven offsides to zero offsides. Uh, and, oh, well, we take it out of Toronto this week and it dropped nine uh, uh, drop nine on them. Listen, if the loons drop nine goals on them, I will personally like, I'll, uh, you know, I, I will send like, we'll do some big giveaway next week too, on top of the one we're dropping tomorrow. Uh, if you're a Patreon to Soda Soccer, just know we're doing a sick Patreon giveaway that's going to drop tomorrow uh, and uh, go through uh, the end of uh, maybe the end of June, middle of June, TBD, probably before the international window is when we'll do it. We'll end it. Uh, but Paul's right. They were unlucky to not get a point tonight. I think Minnesota United played a great contest. Uh, and I asked Adrian Heath about the seven offsides to zero. And I, you know, I said, uh, do you see that as a flaw in the attack? Do you see it as you guys are doing things right and people are just mistiming it? Do you see it as a youthful attack that's just mistiming things? I mean, Rosales, 22, Bongi, 23, uh, Mender Garcia, 22, 22 or 23 too. Um, that's a young attack and you've got your veteran up there is Franco Fragapane, who, I mean, Fraga's a great player, but I wouldn't consider him a leader in the front in the final third. You have a very youthful core there with no relative leader because Robin Lode is injured. Emmanuel Reynoso is not uh, playing tonight. Um, so you're relying on a veteran like Will Trapp, who's all the way back in the middle of the pitch to kind of lead there. And it, it takes a lot. And, you know, I think maybe getting a veteran, uh, a veteran attacker up there might help with that, uh, the youthful group they have at the moment. Um, some some uh, experience, some leadership. Uh, we'll talk about that in a little bit because the Loons are linked to a player who would fit that mold. Um, Dom, Minnesota United uh, could have earned their uh, fifth, no, fifth or sixth, I'm trying to remember now, uh, win on the road this year. Uh, but they have had immaculate road form. And I think looking to tonight, even then, I, I think teams have to note that Minnesota United might be you know, one of those dark horse contenders that ruin or spoil a party at home. You know, how, how do teams prepare for a team who might not be in the best form at home, but they note that every every time they play before them on the road, they've been fantastic. How do you think they prepare? That's a good question. Uh, yeah, you know, it, it's obviously not normally how teams would imagine games going. Obviously, the home side, you sort of have an implied advantage. Uh, and that's probably still true when teams play Minnesota United, but but it's certainly also the case that the Loons seem like 
Uh, they, they find an extra gear sometimes on the road this season. Uh, how to prepare for that? I mean, I, I guess it, it really is just it's making the defenses of these hosting teams have to make sure that they're stepping it up to match that energy from the Loons attack, particularly like tonight, um, and, and, and sort of not letting the excitement get to their heads and keeping the crowds behind them. But, yeah, no, I mean, it, it's been an interesting trend, I, I think, for, I mean, really the first couple of years in MLS, uh, Minnesota United were not associated with good performances on the road. Exactly. Uh, and this season particularly, obviously only about halfway through, but this season particularly, uh, it does feel like there's this trend of them being very competitive on the road, even in games like tonight where they don't actually get a point. Uh, they, they've just seemed very alert away from home, which, you know, again, we talk about, you know, a good loss or positives from the loss. I think that is a positive take from this loss. It's just the fact that Minnesota United lost on the road tonight, but they lost on the road in an incredibly tight match where you could very much describe them as unlucky. Um, so, I mean, that, that's something a lot of teams would, would, uh, <laughs> would lose an arm for. So, yeah, I mean, I, I, think, I think there's a big positive takeaway there. Uh, so I, I know somebody you want to talk about tonight is uh, Yosef Rosales and uh, the performance he put in at left wing. Uh, Dom and I were talking uh, uh, before the show year, and uh, in our pregame document, he wrote down that uh, Yosef has got that dog in him. And I told him he doesn't have that dog in him. I had to read, I had to like delete what he wrote because he spelled it D-O-G. He's got that <laughs> D-A-W-G in him. I mean, what a performance from Yosef yeah. tonight. I mean, he he really stood on his feet and held his ground against, you know, uh, a very a very good defense and broke through barriers, played his runs well, and he's not a natural left winger. Uh, folks, if you're in the chat and you want any, and if you've got any, you know, thoughts on Yosef's performance tonight, uh, toss him in there, even if it's just a comment, we'll read him here. Um, but he's really growing into his own on that position, knowing that, you know, uh, Ray isn't back, uh, Fraga is playing the 10, Sangbin's confidence might be a little low. He might still be growing into the team. Uh, he's still a very young player, uh, and he's stepping up in uh, into that role now. Uh, Dom, what did you see from Yosef tonight that made you think he's got that D-A-W-G in him? But Dowd. Uh, yeah, you know, I, I think, as you said, what impressed me the most was, first of all, it was a great performance. But secondly, it was a great performance in a position that I don't think you know, anyone is particularly sure that he can play per se, at least before tonight. Uh, you know, it's not, it's by no means his natural position from his career thus far. Uh, and he just showed up so big. He was so aware offensively. He was so ready to take chances. This is a Minnesota United team that is in desperate need of people who will take their chances. And I mean, tonight he's unlucky not to have two goals. Obviously the first one is ruled off outside of his role in it. It's the offsides on Garcia. It's an amazing finish. Uh, and, and of course is where he needs to be in that second goal. He's showing a certain amount of attacking awareness that I just didn't expect from him, you know, deputizing at left wing. I mean, even in that goal, he scores that it counts to know to partner up with Garcia to be that second runner mm -hmm. in that attack. It's not necessarily a thing I would expect every defensive midfielder to know to do. So yeah. uh, it, it, it you just, mentioned the finish on that first goal that was called yeah. back to. I mean, the bar, the bar was not Minnesota United's friend tonight, but oh, on yeah. that on that strike, it just bar down. It reminded me like. Um, um, I, I, I don't know if anybody here remembers, uh, Dom, I know we're both pretty young, but this was one of my first footballing experiences was the 2006 world cup, the penalty shootout between Italy and France. Okay. Uh, I forget who it was. It, it might, God, 
it was like the fourth PK in the PK shootout, but the PK went bar down in the net. And right then and there, I was like, that is one of the coolest strikes I'll ever see because you know how difficult it is to put the power on a shot to make it go bar down in and out. It's just ridiculous. Um, Plaudits to Yosef. Give him his flowers. Uh, fantastic performance tonight. And we've got Foot Trap um, uh, in the comments here mentioning that um, there's Will Trap's burner account, everybody, uh, watching live on YouTube. We found it. Foot Trap 10. Um, okay. Paul Forster, it was Zidane. I couldn't remember if it was Zidane or not. Okay. There we have it. Uh, but Zizou, I mean, what a player he was too. Yeah. But we're talking MLS here, folks. We're not talking uh, European soccer yet. Um, shout out to the English Premier League for ending, by the way. I don't have to uh, be depressed every Saturday or Sunday morning by watching Chelsea anymore. Uh, you know, Everton survives. Jeremy Rushing, our founders, thrilled. Dom, do you support a, a, a EPL club? I, I, I do. Do I have? Oh, here we go. I support this one. Ooh, listen, I'm gonna be honest. I'm, I'm a big I'm a big Darwin Nunez fan. I think he is legit. I am too. Actually. Um, year two is gonna be insane. People aren't ready for it. But folks, we're talking MLS here. Um Christopher Alfeb be back in the chat says hopefully uh has somewhere to be in the team once Ray is back and two or three more players uh <laughs> may come in the summer. Yeah, I mean uh it's that is the go-to Adrian is saying one to two players, two to three players. Um what I can confirm though, folks is that the Loons are in advanced talks to um, pursue a free agent right now in uh, Norwich City, uh, former Norwich City, excuse me, and Finnish international uh, striker Timo Puka. I asked Adrian Heath about a post-game, and he you know, did his usual. I, would, I don't want to speak about players that are not my own at the moment, uh, but he did note that uh, the club does acknowledge that he is a free agent, and that's all he would say on it. Um, Andy Greeter, the Pioneer Press, reporting today that uh, the loons uh, are pursuing him. A few miscellaneous reports out there too, but uh, the Pioneer Press was the first uh, verified uh, report of w- what's going on there. And I think um, I think everybody's going to have comments on a 33-year-old DP. Um, but what I did mention to Dom earlier is that uh, the loons really do need a leader up, up top. The loons need a veteran. They need someone to help guide this youthful core they have at the moment. Um, and that's, and that includes saying Ben, you know, and maybe that's someone to learn from, uh, Timu's got the EPL experience. Uh, unfortunately saying Ben never had that chance when he was with Wolverhampton, he was shipped off on loan. Um, so you've got a veteran, you've got a player who has numerous international appearances, numerous multi-goal seasons. Um, I think it's a positive move all around. There's just the question mark regarding his age. Uh, so Paul Forrester, I know you've been asking about Timo Puki while we've been talking here. Here we go. Uh, he says, uh, also P- uh, Puki party, yes or no? Give us the deets. I know you have them. Dom, how do you feel about the um, possible addition of Timo Puki to Minnesota United? And do you agree with my take or do you disagree? Uh, I think I agree with your take. I, I think that you, you made a good note. This attack, particularly given the people that are absent right now, is very young. Certainly could use some leadership. He obviously provides that. This is, of course, a player that we know uh, is very skilled in the attack, in the box. Uh, would I have liked for them to potentially have signed him two years ago or, or you know something like that? Sure. Yeah. Uh, but I think that's always going to be the losing battle for MLS teams You know, when they're looking for talent like that. Uh, I think he clearly would compete for, for that starting spot. I think he would put some pressure on uh, the likes of Mender Garcia, particularly if Luis Samaria is potentially leaving. Uh, and 
I mean, if 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 they can get even a solid amount of of his potential match to match, he has an impact for sure. So uh, I certainly wouldn't blame them for pursuing him. I think he could very much uh, benefit the team. Say he, you know, arrives in ten days' time from now. Minnesota United uh, have a small schedule in June. They play the third, the tenth, and the twenty fourth. And then they're back on July 1st, the 8th, the 12th, and the 15th. A uh, little congestion there. But if you can get – if it's, say Pookie arrives and makes his debut July 1st for Minnesota United after, you know, roughly a month within the club, learning the system, learning the coaches, all that jazz. If you can get 10 goals out of him by the end of the campaign, I think it's a win. Right. I think that's what you're searching for is just someone to hit double digits. Uh, and, you know, here's, here's something else, you know, people will probably – uh, want to hear is that uh, Saturday evening, if you are going to be at Allianz Field, uh, there's a chance you're going to see Emmanuel Reynoso make his 2023 uh, Minnesota United debut. Um, Ray has been working his butt off this past week. Uh, Keith has been talking nonstop about his work ethic. He has been talking constantly about uh, what he's been doing to make himself ready. Uh, he's been training when the when the team is on the road, when the team is not when he's not with them. He's been training with head coach Cam Knowles of MNUFC two, uh, training with that group, helping the kids too. Uh, and on top of that, he's been doing two and three a day sessions uh, a lot of the time since he's returned here. And he is nearing potential late cameo off the bench fitness, uh, and that could happen Saturday uh, at a packed house at Allianz Field. Um, Dom, I can already picture what the atmosphere there would be like if. I mean, if Ray comes on and say the 86th minute, that place is going to cause a minor earthquake in the city of St. Paul. <laughs> I mean, did you see the eruption of noise when Sebastian Driussi came on for Austin FC tonight? Yeah. yeah I mean, absolutely. there was a, I posted it on Twitter and there was somebody who commented that they went to grab a glass of water, uh, but they had their TV on and they left the room. And it was during that Driussi sub and he, he sprinted back to the room because he's like, crap, did they score? No, it's just three UC coming onto the pitch. Um, and it's crazy what a talisman means to a club uh, beyond their footballing potential and what they bring. It's hope. I think that's a great way to describe it is there are players who come onto the pitch that simply bring hope. Um, each club has one. Uh, Tiago Almada, Atlanta, Ricky Puig, LA Galaxy. Uh, I mean, Carlos Hill, New England Revolution. I could go on the list. Lucas Zellerayan, Hani Mukhtar, uh, Danny Buanga. I mean, every club has that one player, no matter what, if they come onto the pitch, the place erupts. And Minnesota United is a, a man Um Having him back, getting a new striker up in front of him, positives. There's lots of positives to look forward to. Uh, one thing I will, I will mention on top of that is, folks, um, if you've been paying attention to the U20 FIFA World Cup, um, the loons have a, the loons are watching it. They are scouting it. They are looking at potential candidates. Um, that is where they originally found uh, my good friend and uh, guest of the show, Tomas Chacon. Uh, I'm looking for Tomas right now. I don't see him on my desk. Uh, but my Tomas. <laughs> hard Chacon, one to find, Tomas Chacon. <laughs> I know he, uh, he is a hard one to find. Simply, Dom, do you know where he's playing right now? Could you give a guess? Uh, isn't he in Switzerland or something? Can you guess uh, what tier? Uh, I want to say I saw a tweet talking about the second division. Second division of uh, yeah. of uh, Switzerland. Uh, we wish Tomas the best, of course. Always a good friend of the show. Always a favorite guest on here. Uh, he might not be making an appearance tonight, folks, which I apologize about. Uh, 
you know, he might have wandered off uh, to like Sweden or Norway or something. Yeah, who knows? But uh, no, I mean, having you know the opportunity to bring in another young talent, there is an open U twenty two initiative slot in the club right now with the possible departure of Luisa Maria, which has been rumored all week. We didn't see him in the team tonight. He wasn't on the bench. Um, that could be happening very soon. Uh, multiple reports circulating saying uh, both Ecuador and uh, Liga Mekis are suitors. There's uh, a lot of a lot of potential for Minnesota United, and they're looking to add a midfielder and a defender on top of the potential DP signing in Timo Puki. Uh, so keep an eye on that. Uh, and, of course, support the US U20 team. They are making an incredible run in the in the U20 World Cup right now, Don. Uh, four straight matches, four straight clean sheets. Uh, I mean, that's unheard of from any team in a World Cup. You don't, it doesn't matter what age group, what level, if it's men or women, four straight clean sheets uh, is ridiculous. And, you know, they are looking like a very talented side. Uh, I am excited to see what they bring. Um, and, you know, everybody likes watching the kids. Uh, we're going to get to the halftime part of our show here uh, shortly, folks. But we've got um, one more comment question from Paul Forrester here who says, with the bossy back in training, what do we do when he comes back, assuming 100%, put him at left back in place of Kamar Lawrence, move Tapias to left back or CDM, or, and put uh, Bakai at center back? There's so many options. What are your thoughts? Dom, you want to tackle this one? That is a good question. I mean, obviously one of the, the big moments of tonight was Kamar Lawrence's injury. Uh, you know, I I like Valentin. I think he actually plays quite well anytime he gets men to the team. But obviously there's uh, reasons that, you know, he's not necessarily starting games. Uh, I, I I think once Debassi is healthy, he has to play somewhere. I, I think it's important to get that quality back into the 11 um, as soon as possible. We haven't really seen Tapios uh, out wide for this team yet, so I don't necessarily know uh, how to feel about that. I guess the what feels like the safer approach would be to, to put Debassi out, out wide. Um, Hear honestly, me out. Back five madness. Oh. Yeah, I mean, we we hearing it. We hearing it. Maybe it'll work if you have. <laughs> maybe it'll work with the boss. Yeah, I mean, I it's give possible. Me a, give me a five-two-one-two with Will Trap and Hassani Dodson beneath Emmanuel Reynoso, with potential rumored striker candidate and Bangi Longwane up top. I, give me the madness. DJ Taylor running up the flank. Um, Kamar Lawrence up the flank, and you've got Bakai. Uh, Mickey and Boxy Deep. Uh, give, give me the madness. That sounds interesting, Jake. Though. I I, <laughs> I, don't, <laughs> I don't know. I mean, yeah, I, I I don't hate the sound of that. I think the one thing that makes me hesitant is that I liked the idea of a back five leading up to this season, and then in practice we've seen some sort of up and down performances when the formations played around with. So that that's really the only reason I would be hesitant. The idea of those three guys together. Uh, at the back line and then and allowing the fullbacks to be more aggressive. I mean, that sounds good to me. It's just a matter of whether or not it would actually work. I, I just don't have the data to really make a call on it. That's an interesting idea. I hear you down. I hear you. All right, folks. Well, we wouldn't be a podcast right now. We wouldn't be a news organization. We wouldn't be anything without our wonderful sponsors. And tonight, I would like to thank our great friends over at Pence Homes uh, for sponsoring tonight's episode of Post Loons here uh, live on the Soda Soccer social media channels. Uh, we'll jump right back into the episode in just a minute. But first, I have to tell you about our friends over at Pence Homes. 
owned by Minnesota United fan Nate Pence, Pence Homes was founded on the idea of providing customer service that exceeds expectations and making home buying and the home buying and selling process as simple as possible. Nate and his team specialize in St. Paul and Minneapolis and can help you navigate the ever-evolving market with the right tools, technology, and expertise. Pence Homes knows how to help you get the most for your house and get you into the home of your dreams while staying in your budget. Contacting Nate is really simple, too. Just go to PenceHomes.com or you email him directly at Nate at PenceHomes.com. That's P-E-N-T-Z Homes.com. Uh, Pence Homes proudly supports local Minnesota soccer clubs like Minneapolis City SC, Minnesota Aurora SC, and we're extremely grateful that they're extending their support to hear us at Soda Soccer. That's P-E-N-T-Z Homes.com or email Nate at PenceHomes.com. Uh, thank you again to Pence Homes for sponsoring today's episode of Post Loons Live here on Soda Soccer. Back to the show now here, Dom. Uh, folks, if you are enjoying the 29 minutes you've been with us so far, uh, give us a like, give us a retweet, give us a share on the social media channel that you're watching on right now. Uh, and keep sending those questions or comments, and there's lots of hypotheticals to talk about, lots of storylines from today. We've already tackled the news surrounding Timu Puki, the rumored potential transfer target for Minnesota United FC, uh, the return of Emmanuel Reynoso to Minnesota United FC uh, off the bench this weekend against Toronto. It's possible. Uh, on top of that, the rumored exit of striker Luis Amaria. And, you know, there's also injuries tonight to both Yosef Rosales and Kamari Lawrence. Uh, we're going to talk about their statuses coming up here shortly. Uh, so send us those questions. Give us those shares on social media. And if you are enjoying what you're doing, always support us here on Soda Soccer by subscribing to our Patreon. You can do it so easily by going to patreon.com slash Soda Soccer. All right, Dom, back to what we're talking about now. Uh, you and I were talking pregame, and one thing you mentioned, too, was that the goalkeepers tonight in Austin versus Minnesota played on their heads, including Dane St. Clair. Um, there's an early save where the reflexes on DSC are insane. You know what I'm talking about? Can you can you picture the one I'm talking about? Yes, the short the range. Alex I'm blanking ring. on who shoots the shot now. I'd have to check. But, but yes, Alex just- Ring. It's a short range save, maybe from a, about the edge of the six yard, maybe something yeah. like that. And the, I mean, to be fair, there are multiple times tonight this really happened, but that's a great example of it. it St. Clair moved so quickly that when the shot went off, my brain just went, well, there's no way he's getting to that. He was there. I mean, it, it, it really, I do think Dane St. Clair is hard done by the fact that this game ends in a loss because I really think he put it together a, a really solid performance. And that is, hasn't necessarily been the case every game this season, but I really think tonight he actually did his job very well, made some really big saves. There were multiple times where there, there was a shot in the game, I believe it was from uh, the, the left side, it would have been the first half, left side, that the shot went off and the ball moved so fast and then it just appeared in his hands. Yeah. I didn't even see him save it. He just had it suddenly. Spider-Man and reflexes. It, I mean, it's just, he, he really did have a, a wonderful game. Hard done by the fact that, you know, there's, there's some defensive errors and, and those two goals go in. And, you know, that, that's, that's the story of the game. But, yeah, no, I, I really think of all the potential defensive uh, uh, errors to point out, I really think Dane St. Clair had a, a great game. Dane must be noting that uh, Into the Spider-Verse 2 comes into theaters this weekend. Uh, I'm going to I'm gonna do my best to go see that this weekend. Folks, if you have not seen the first Into the Spider-Verse movie, um, genuinely, it might be one of the best animated movies ever made. The, uh, 
the soundtrack one is incredible, but two, it's it's like this comic book style of animation that's super sick, uh, and it's got like a ninety eight percent on Rotten Tomatoes. You know, you can never, you know, Rotten Tomatoes is someone you can always trust. You know, unlike your favorite local soccer team or you know your soccer team abroad, you can never trust them. You can always trust Rotten Tomatoes. Uh, the second one comes in the theaters this week. I'm excited to go see it. Um, but uh, uh, back to focusing here on soccer now. Uh, Dave Valensky is back in the chat. It mentions that Timo Puki also has a lot of assists as a striker. Uh, that's something to note. And Bangi Klangwane is sitting on six goals so far this season, triple his goal scoring record from 2022. Um, you know, there's a possibility that you unleash um, someone for, for Bangi, you know, a, another uh, outlet for him. Um, but I think the the big storyline that awaits Minnesota United is the one that Christopher Alfevi says right here. Ani mentions, do you think Ray coming back will help uh, Franco Fragapane find his form? Um, and the, 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 the short answer is yes, and the long answer is yes. Um, but there's also an area where no fits in there because Frog has been playing the 10. When Emmanuel Reynoso comes back, he's playing the 10. That is only where he will play. Uh, Yosef Rosales has been playing quite well. Sang Ben has been playing quite well off the bench. We know that Bongi is locked in at right wing. We know that striker is likely going to be um, Mender for the time being until, you know, another striker is brought in. But then at least the hypothetical of left wing and who it could be. And there's, you know, there, there's competition between those two. And Yosef versus uh, Franco will be interesting. We know that Franco has the connection with, um, with Ray, with Bebelo, um, but sometimes a man in form is a man in form, and you can't take him out of the lineup. Don, where do you see this uh, as, and, you know, am I, am I trailing off a bit? What do you think? No, no, I think it's an interesting point. When Fragapane gets moved back to that position, there's going to be competition. Uh, you know, I think Rosales looked really good tonight in that role. How often he's going to look like that at left wing, I don't know. And so perhaps Fragapane ends up starting just out of consistency. Um, but but yeah, you know, I, I think it's 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 a fair question of, well, you know, does his form change? Well, maybe more importantly, his position is going to change, uh, and, and what he looks like in that position is going to be sort of a completely separate conversation from what he was doing at the ten uh, for Minnesota United. So yeah, no, I think it's going to be interesting competition for minutes on that left wing. Uh, yeah, St. Ben, obviously, also in that conversation. I think you have three guys who are all going to have sort of asterisks that make them seem like maybe they got to go with. Obviously, St. Ben has this new youthful energy, high potential. Fragapane has a little more experience, connection with Reynoso. Rosales has looked really good recently. So, yeah, I, I think I think there's going to be competition there, but I think that's good. I think, frankly, this team needs that competition in those key spots to keep these guys going. Um you know, we're, we're potentially losing some of that on some of the other attacking positions right now. So, yeah, no, I, I think the, the plethora of options is actually a, a really good thing. You mentioned losing that in some of those options. I think, you know, even with the hypothetical introduction of Puki, who is, an, is a Finnish international, um, Robin Lud isn't going to be back if until like, – I don't have an exact num- date on this, folks. I don't have an exact number, but what from what I've been told – is you know the four to six month time frame is likely leaning the latter. You're likely looking at six months. So May, June, July, August, September, October. Maybe you get him back for an MLS Cup final potentially, MLS semifinals, MLS playoff quarterfinals. Those are the hypotheticals you're looking at. Um, 
so the safe assumption here is to say that you're not going to see Robin live back in 2023, uh, which is a, which is ridiculously unfortunate because one, he's a joy for us media members, always puts a smile on our face. He's always candid, always honest, and always willing to step up when you know maybe others don't want to. Uh, but you know you lose the possible connection too, and I'm sure they were looking at Timu as an option when Ray was healthy. I mean, when uh, Robin was healthy, excuse me. Yeah. Um, so Pookie would be the fourth finish international that uh, the Loons had signed. Uh, Rasmus Schuler, I would deem a success with Minnesota. Uh, I think, you know, all around, that's that's a successful in-and-out uh, player. Robin has been incredible for them. Uh, Yuka Raidola, not, not so much a success, but a valued bench option when needed. Uh, very minimal uh, cameos, very minimal times needed but they're when they need it um so they know they can go there they know that robin and timu have a relationship timu tried to bring him to the uk in 2021 uh he posted about it publicly so we know that's true but um you know there's a lot of potential for minnesota united in the coming months and i think you know these storylines that surround the club right now are mainly positive and i think um looking at the live standings in the Western Conference, going into tonight, the Loons had a uh, uh, a three-point lead over Austin. So now Austin and them are level on points. But uh, the Loons are still ahead of them in goal differential. Uh, so the Loons sit seventh. They dropped one spot this week. Uh, but, you know, fifth place San Jose is at 20 points, okay? Then six, seven, eight are all in 19 points. Nine is 18 points, and tenth is 16 points. It's, it's early in the campaign here, folks. We're... We're at a deadlock in the Western Conference. So the Loons are right in the midst of it. Um, there's not a whole lot going wrong at the moment, but I think it'd be fair to say there's not a whole lot going right either. There, as Will Trapp said post game actually, uh, and, and I and I quote him here is that they are you know they they exceeded expectations on the road this year. You know they are above the standards that MLS would usually hold for a team, and I think uh, looking at that, the season will even out. They'll get their home wins. They'll have their home losses. There'll be a few draws in between. But getting those road results early, I think it's a big positive in the long-term goals of what uh, uh, the MLS season presents. So, Dom, there's a few storylines surrounding the league tonight. Uh, the big one right now, though, is the CONCACAF Champions League final. Uh, it unfortunately looks like uh, MLS is not going to take the title this year. As Club Leon lead uh, LAFC uh, 2-0 in the 85th minute, which I'm going to be honest, I – I didn't see coming. I don't think many did. Um, I mean, LAFC put forth their best lineup, and on their best day, they are the best team in North in, in North America. And Leon, I mean, they're a really talented side, but I just I look at the LAFC side and I think they're better. I genuinely do. So it's really unfortunate to see them lose the CCL final here. There's five minutes left in regulation, but overcoming a two-zero deficit. Well. I, I, to give you some hope, Jacob, my understanding is this is a two-leg final. No. The the finals are one-all, one I believe. Oh, okay. Yeah. I, I, uh, okay. I was oh. under the impression it was two legs. Hold up. Is it two legs? It hasn't always been, but I, my understanding is this year it is. Uh, so. All right, folks, erase that. Jeremy, you know, <laughs> do a little uh, audio mixing there. Um, it's two legs this year. Know. I was not aware. I mean, ah, Paul I don't Forrester know why the change because it hasn't always been. I don't know why the change, but it, it's, yeah. I hate that. 
<laughs> it's a little weird. It's a little I, weird. I'm gonna yeah. be honest. I I, I, uh, I hate that Dom. I don't yeah. like a two leg final. A final's a one all. That's why my thought process that way. I mean, you look at every other final and yeah. every other sport, every other soccer championship, every other everything. Yeah. It's a one all. Why is it? Ooh, two legs is gross. Um, no. LAFC hosts this the second. <laughs> I know. Get your dinero. <laughs> Uh, CONCACAF said, all right, folks, the Gold Cup in the Nations League this summer is not enough. We need a two-legged final. Give me a sold-out stadium in Mexico. Give me a sold-out stadium in Los Angeles, and we want 98% of the of the profits. Um, <laughs> yeah, uh, CONCACAF doing CONCACAF things, Dave Valensky <laughs> says. Um, folks, I apologize for not realizing that, uh, but LAFC hosting the final on Sunday. I mean, turn around. Now here's the real question. Um, Dom, you may know this. Chat, you may know this. What are we seeing on uh, away goals? Does that factor into the tie here? Uh, anybody know offhand? Uh, in the meantime, I'm going to talk um, some MLS results on the evening tonight. Some very interesting um, storylines surrounding the league. Um, I think the big one, though, is <laughs> Dom, you mentioned this one to me pre uh, before our show here, is the chaos that was Atlanta United versus the New England Revolution. 3-3 uh, <laughs> three, three tie there. Carlos Hill from the New England Revolution uh, set an MLS record tonight for the most time between two goals scored in the first minute and in the 93rd minute. 92 minutes between goals scored. That's insane. I mean, <laughs> scoring in the first minute itself is is a feat, but 92 minutes between goals. That's, uh, that's quite the record. Uh, Columbus overcame Colorado Rapids 3-2. Former loon Sam Nicholson uh, on the score sheet for Colorado, shout out to uh, to, to Sammy. DC and Montreal two two. Inter Miami falls to the Red Bulls one zero. Uh, FC Cincinnati continues their ridiculously impressive form three to one over NYCFC. Uh, the Union scraped by over Charlotte with a one zero win. Um, the Loons uh, follow this Saturday. Toronto FC drew to Chicago Fire zero uh, zero tonight. Um, and you know everything I've seen surrounding the game, they were lucky to not get battered by Chicago. Um, one thing I did see, though, early in the match was uh, fire goalkeeper Chris Brady took a wicked shot to the face, and Apple TV decided to zoom in on what appeared to be a bloody nose, a bloody eyebrow, and a bloody cheek for a good eight seconds. And I was just like, what are you doing? Like, nobody wants to see that. Um, Sporting KC with the win over FC Dallas. Um, Daniel Shallowy has been unlocked, I think. I think SKC could be going on a run here, Dom. Uh, Shallowy with a goal and assist to get the win over Dallas, who are in great form, by the way. Um, but I think the biggest one to take away here is that the Galaxy have won yep. an MLS game. Yep. I mean, oh, I love it <laughs> and I hate it at the same time because we all want the Galaxy, the, fa the dubbed European face of the league, the team everybody knows due to David Beckham, um, to be good. But at the same time, I – takes so much pride and happiness in knowing the Galaxy are terrible. So, uh, but Chris Klein, president of the Galaxy, was fired yesterday. Um, so this is the bounce back. You know, we typically see that across sports is that when an individual prominent at an organization or a club um, gets the boot, the next game or match they play, it's a pretty good performance. And I know that the fan protest ended um, and, you know, that, that could play a role. But, uh, Good for the Galaxy. Uh, I really like Ricky Puish. I think Javier Chicharito Hernandez is a joy. Um, so 
we'll see what comes. We still got two more games ongoing. The West Coast shenanigans. Um, San Jose lead the Sounders one uh, zero in the sixty first. Sixty first, excuse me. And then I don't know what uh, who puts uh, Magic Mike's uh, drink from uh, Space Jam into Vancouver Whitecaps water bottles tonight. <laughs> but it's the sixty fourth minute. We've got six goals in that game. The Whitecaps lead Houston four two. Um, that's that's wild. <laughs> yeah, here's Chris saying there's been an average of three point seven goals per game tonight. Normal MLS after dark midweek. Down. I mean, <laughs> that is insane. Yeah, that is um, insane. Paul Forrester in the chat says Cincinnati continues to be a force. Most points through 15 games, 36, not including the shootout era. Uh, yeah, and that's on top of like a 13 million dollar outgoing transfer, Brenner, who's not playing. He's not. He's not playing for them, folks. And they just sold him for 13 million. Uh, Lucho Costa is playing unbelievable footy right now. Uh, Brandon Vasquez, the man in form. Just overall, really, really well coached team. And I think you know something of a dark horse potential. U.S. men's national team player here. Uh, we might see him in return for Matt Miazga into the group this summer for the Gold Cup and Nations League. It's been unbelievable for FC Cincy. So keep an eye on that. Uh, former Red, New York Red Bulls man, then to Chelsea, then on loan a few places in Europe, had a stint in Spain, now back home uh, in the U.S. and playing with FC Cincy. So keep an eye on him. Uh, but, Dom, we got to close out here on Minnesota United versus Austin. Um, some big moments during the match, like we just said earlier. Uh the post, the crossbar, not their friend tonight. Uh, Brad Stuver playing on his head in net for Austin. Uh, ending it on one big takeaway from tonight. What do you think is the biggest positive and what is the, you know, quote-unquote negative from the night? Uh, biggest positive is that there continues to be a lot of young guys in this team that, that show up big for Minnesota United. Uh, it didn't quite work out tonight, but you look at Rosales, you look at Mender Garcia, you look at Juan Juane, who I thought had a pretty solid game considering he didn't get involved in the goals. Mm-hmm. Uh, th- there's a lot of young talent in this team. Uh, St. Clair, for that matter. You can add to the list if you like. Yeah, I mean, um, yes, he's still young. You, you know, there's a lot of young talent here that is clearly able to to get the job done in the right situation. There's a lot of young talent to grow. Uh, so I, that continues to be a huge silver lining for this team that through through this season. We also, through that, you know, happen to see that Josef Rosales seems very capable at left wing. Uh, po- uh, negative, I would just say that, you know, tonight, uh, I thought the, the def- Minnesota United defense actually, more often than not, looked pretty okay tonight. But just in, in sort of key situations within the 18-yard box, they just didn't show the ability to read what was happening. I mean, with that, that opening goal... There is a man for what felt like an hour as I watched it take place. There is a player running open into the box uh, that I, mean, I noticed the moment the ball got played. I noticed, oh hey, no, nobody's marking that guy. You know, I have stuff no idea like what Mar Lawrence was doing. Yeah, I mean, will you can't expect Will Trap your six to be making an outward run towards the left hand side of the box there, despite him being the closest player to him. You can't fault him there. It's entirely on Kamar Lawrence and uh, Mickey Tapias, but I, I'm gonna I'm gonna put the blame, you know, primarily there on on Lawrence on not understanding the awareness of where Austin's players were in the box, um, and you know, then we see Kamar injured later in the match. Zarek Valentin entered. I uh, hope Kamar is okay, but um, you know, that's a few times over the past few weeks where Lawrence has a couple errors, um, and it's something to watch, especially going into the summer, as it's rumored the Loons are are looking at. Uh, a defender couldn't tell you if it's central or fullback 
but they are looking at a defender. And if you look at the weakest link in that defense right now, over the past few weeks, um, it's been left back. So maybe Zach Valentin might get a run. I'm not sure, but it's never ideal to have your right back playing left back either. So the only natural left back of the club right now is Kamar uh, beyond youngster Devin Paddleford, but he is, you know, playing for the twos and he's not MLS caliber yet. So uh, something to watch definitely over the next few weeks. And But, you know, on top of that, uh, Mikhail Marquez, the Swede they signed this offseason, uh, injured his shoulder uh, in the MNUFC2 match uh, Sunday night. Uh, I believe Adrian mentioned it was something to do with his rotator cuff, possibly. Um, don't quote me on that, but injured his shoulder. Um, and that's on top of, you know, injuring his ankle three times already this season, the same one. He's just had a rough uh, rough run of form. So not great news on defenders. Uh, Heath said post game that Kamar um, was too soon to tell what would happen, um, but he hopes he's okay and they'll have more on him tomorrow. Uh, and we'll find out Friday when there's an open media training session at the NSC. Um, Dom, I'd say my biggest takeaway from the night is that Mender Gar- Garcia looked mature uh, as a as a forward, despite you know some errors as a in in terms of offside. Uh, made mature runs, made mature passes, and until you know the hypothetical signing of Timu Puki were to arrive, I think getting him minutes will be crucial for his development. Um, I would like to see Sang Bin in a starting role Saturday. I'm not sure it comes. I think it'd be really cool to see a passing of the torch to have Sang Bin leave and Reynoso come on. Um, you know, see the youngster you signed, hand it to the pro, and see those two develop a little bit of a partnership, maybe or something. It'd be a cool, cool moment at the at the uh, at Allianz Field, excuse me. So, uh, and my biggest negative is that Kervin Ariaga is just making so many. Simple mistakes. His first touch when he came onto the pad, onto the pitch tonight, off the bench, he gave the ball away, and Austin had a chance uh, uh, to get the ball forward, moving. And I look at the second goal, and it was a complete uh, cluster in the box. There's no real control from anybody, but Ariaga has the last touch before the UC scores, and he just lays it off in front of him with a a sloppy attempt to try and find Michael Box. It'll pass out. Just clear the ball. You concede a corner if you need to you know the odds that a team scores on a corner i I remember seeing it sometime it's like uh in like three out of 90 or something three out of 99 i believe it was like three out of 99 corner kicks a team scores those are good odds it's it's just concede the corner and, and don't risk the goal and it's it's a sloppy error and you know will trap and asani dotson have rightfully earned um those starting spots so uh, you know, moving forward, kervin has uh, got a lot to prove. And I think, um, you know, when you consistently make errors like these, it's, it's, re- it's, it's hard to break into that group. So um, Loons have a uh, Toronto FC on Saturday uh, back at Allianz field. Uh, but before that, we've got one more in the chat here from Paul Forrester. He says, LAFC have got one back late 96th minute goal, only plus four extra time given controversy. Hmm, that sounds familiar, Minnesota United. A certain <laughs> amount of time given in terms of stoppage by the referee and a goal scored two minutes after the allotted stoppage time. Dom, have you ever heard of such a controversy? I could never imagine in this beautiful league of ours such a <laughs> such a silly thing happening. <laughs> um, the goal was scored by who else? Denny Buanga. Um, your front runner for the 2023 MLS MVP. Um, ridiculously talented player. Um, I love watching him. 
Uh, I'm excited for the second leg on Sunday, Dom. Are yeah. you excited? Yeah. On top I of that, uh, Sunday, uh, Sunday, folks, you've also got the USU-20s uh, back in action in the quarterfinals. They'll face uh, the winner of Gambia versus Uruguay, which is a fun matchup. Um, they play tomorrow uh, in the uh, quarters, uh, and they'll look to advance. And Gambia won their group. Uruguay did not. Uh, so keep your eyes on that one. You've also got the CONCACAF Champions League final, second leg, which I knew about. Uh, on Sunday, uh, and that'll follow your Minnesota United action Saturday evening uh, against Toronto FC Allianz Field. Uh, Toronto, not a team in mental form, I'll just say. The athletic piece on them this past week, published by the group there, was ridiculously entertaining and also worrying. Uh, the comments made by Lorenzo Insigne uh, on head coach Bob Bradley, the news about Federico Bernardeschi trying to hold a players meeting to organize like a sacking of Bob Bradley. Then there's also the news that Bernardeschi refuses to stop vaping in the club center, the club locker room and on the field. Um, I mean, you look at Bernardeschi and you're just like, yeah, that dude smokes six. This, <laughs> you just look oh, at yeah. him and you're like, yep, that dude smokes six. Uh, he, uh, He's a very talented player, but there seems to be a lot of issues off the pitch with uh, with um, uh, Toronto right now. And, you know, the last thing coming out of that athletic piece was that Bernardeschi and Insignia don't get along, despite both being Italian. And that was a thing uh, Toronto knew before bringing them both in, and they're just not working out. And uh, the duo are upset with uh, Michael Bradley complaining to Bob Bradley about everything, and Nothing staying between the players. It all ends up with Bob because Michael tells him everything. Uh, it feels feels like a mess, folks. Uh, so there's a big story there. Uh, keep your eyes on uh, on that. Zero zero draw against the Chicago Fire for them tonight. Uh, we're gonna close it out here, folks. We're gonna wrap things up. Thank you for tuning in to tonight's episode of Post Loons Live on Soda Soccer. Uh, Minnesota United fell on the road to Austin FC two to one. Yosef uh, Rosales scored his first ever MLS goal. Congratulations to him. Balloons hit the crossbar four times. Uh, Brad Stuver, the Austin FC goalkeeper, played out of his mind. And there were some questionable offside calls. So there's your storylines from tonight. Uh, the potential signing of Team Upuki looms. Emmanuel Reynosa could make his 2023 debut off the bench, specifically uh, Saturday night at Allianz Field. And you know, folks, we'll keep going. We'll keep grinding the news, and we'll let you know the next thing we hear surrounding this club. If you enjoy uh, Post Loons, if you enjoy the content we put out here at Soda Soccer, uh, do us a favor and give us a follow on our social media pages. You can follow Dom and I on Twitter here. Our handles are listed on the screen. But more importantly, uh, you can support us financially so we're able to continue doing things like this. Um, I mention it every show, but you can support Soda Soccer uh, at Patreon for as little as $3 a month. Uh, that's $36 a year. Um, that's less than you pay for every streaming service to watch soccer combined. Uh, in, in like monthly, monthly, you know, Peacock, like $5 per month plus seven. ESPN Plus is now 10 bucks. MLS Season Pass is 100 a year. I mean, it would mean the world to us if you do it. You know, those little things go towards gas money. They go towards getting a cup of coffee. They go towards supporting us. And, you know, we love doing this for you, but we're not able to do it without uh, our viewers, our fans, our readers. Um, so thank you. Uh, we'll give, be uh, treating you all tomorrow with a fantastic giveaway um, from a very famous Minnesota United player. Uh, keep your eye on that. I'll be posting that tomorrow evening on my Twitter page. Be sure to enter it. 
Uh, it will be for Patreon subscribers only, though. So if you want to get in on the fun and the action, subscribe to Patreon. It's patreon.com slash sodasoccer. Uh, thanks, folks. It's late here. Uh, MLS After Dark, shenanigans all night. LAFC uh, pulling one back. Uh, chaos in Vancouver. Uh, it's been a night, folks. Thanks. Have a good night, okay?